There's a fine line between confidence and delusion. Knowing that you can do something or not realizing for whatever reason that you simply can't. Now come to think of it, that's actually kinda depressing. And the mind is not a liar though. Sometimes it just doesn't know. Or perhaps it forgets that the rest of the body just doesn't have what it takes. Now, it can convince you that you're fast enough, strong enough, smart enough, or young enough to do the thing that you set out to do. It'll even tell you to take the word can't out of your vocabulary because it's self-defeating. So, you take that word out. Dare not say it anymore. And you go forward thinking and believing that you can. The biggest culprit in this, or in some case, the biggest victim, is age. Now, because of age, we're either confident that we can do something because we've done it before, or we're delusional because we've done it before, so we believe we can still do it. Fine line. There's a saying in sports, Father Time is undefeated because they know that a lot of things get better with age, but that the human body, however, is not known for being one of those things. So the unfortunate thing is that the body won't always be able to physically adapt to what the mind tells it, but that doesn't mean you should stop trying. See, they don't teach us enough in school or growing up just how powerful the mind truly is. Maybe they don't know, or maybe they don't want us to know. Either way, we walk around thinking that we can't do something simply because we don't know that we can tell ourselves that we can. And we would probably be right. I'm Kayana Ebony Brown, and this is a story of music and men. I wasted very little time calling Kenneth Gold, and after about mm, five minutes on the phone, he requested that we meet in person, which actually had me thinking, gee, am I really that bad off? (laughs) He and his wife Juanita stayed on the fourth floor of a loft-style apartment building just off U Street. They didn't have any kids, and from the looks of things, they were enjoying life without them. Now, I'm not the type that likes to take my shoes off when I come into places, but this condo looked like something out of some type of home design magazine. The floors were a java-colored bamboo that brought out all the whites they used throughout the kitchen, dining, and living rooms. 
which could all be seen in one glance, given the open concept. I had no desire to track anything from outside into this place, but Kenneth insisted that I leave my shoes on. Eh, it's fine, really. We got a guy, he comes in, takes care of everything. Please, don't, don't even worry about it. So, I didn't worry. Come in, come in, make yourself at home, he said, leading me from the foyer where I'd been stationed since Juanita first opened the door and welcomed me in. Now, even in yoga pants and one of those comfy off-the-shoulder t-shirts, Juanita still looked like a Channel 4 morning news anchor, despite not being the on-camera person, rather the producer of that show. She literally glowed when she smiled, and she seemed to be smiling even when she wasn't. And since brown skin like hers seldom reveals its age, I only knew how old she was because it was in an online bio. If it wasn't for that, she could get away with telling people she was 10 years younger and no one would be the wiser. Now, Kenneth didn't look like how I thought he'd look. Even the pictures online didn't depict him the way he presented in person. He photographed much bigger than he was, standing only about maybe 5'8", and the camera certainly added 10 pounds, which means he was a bit thinner in real life. But he had this movie star-like presence and an intoxicating personality that made you feel like you had a friend, even before you got to know him. He looked right at me when he talked, right in the eyes, which made me honestly like a little uncomfortable, but it was almost as if he didn't believe in multitasking. Everything I said felt like top priority to him in that moment even down to the simple instructions I gave for how I liked my coffee. Ah, here you go, he said while making sure I had full control of the mug he was handing me. Coffee froth with coconut. <laughs> Funny, Juanita does the same thing with hers where she adds like the ghee and the coconut oil and all that kind of stuff, he said with a smile. Yeah, it is, it's delicious, I said after my first sip. Thank you. Very, thank you very much. Now, he took a seat on the chair adjacent to where I sat and made himself comfortable by bringing his bare feet up and crossing them underneath him so that his whole body was in the seat like a yogi. So, he started giving me that uninterrupted stare. Tell me, why are you single? <laughs> wow. He was coming with the heat before I could even get set at the plate. Just the thought of that question, or rather the answer to that question, made me very nervous because I didn't actually know the answer. And I didn't know why I didn't know the answer. Uh, well, I guess. I don't know how to meet guys I'm interested in. I said... And Kenneth took a moment to actually think about this, even providing a long, hmm, to go along with his thoughts. And then, so if I take you to a place that's, say, overflowing with guys, all of whom you are interested in, what would happen? I couldn't answer that, of course, so I didn't. But he did. I'll tell you what would happen. You'll glance at them discreetly, never really making eye contact. 
When they do look in your direction, you'll probably look away at the floor, at anything, another person, anything, anywhere, just somewhere else other than them. Right? Am I in the, <laughs> the ballpark? He was not only in the ballpark, he was standing on the pitcher's mound. And somewhere in the distance, I could hear the umpire call. Strike two. All I could do was smile, guiltily. Yet, you're hoping that they just come over and give you that romantic comedy moment, say and do all the right things to make you not only smile, but fall madly in love. But guess what? Kenya. It's not going to (laughs) happen. It's just not. And you know why? I shook my head. No, I didn't know why. It's because you're not doing your part to create it. It's not that you don't know how to meet guys. You don't know how to make them feel like they have to meet you. I listened, nodded, and I sipped my coffee as he held a very uncomfortably deep gaze at me. So, how does it normally happen for you? What do you mean, me meeting guys? I asked. Yeah. You've had boyfriends, right? <laughs> yeah, that not nearly as many as I should have. I joked. He smiled and went on asking. So... How do you normally get to the part where you're going out with a guy? How do you usually meet them? Well, um, shared experiences like school, work, or some kind of situation where we would see each other again, uh, like on a regular basis or something. Um, I've never actually picked up a random guy like in a store or on a street or why? I mean, like, what do you have to lose? He asked. It's just conversation, maybe drinks. What are you afraid will happen if you talk to a random guy on the street? Hmm. I didn't have an answer for him. In fact, I'd ask myself that same question every single time I passed up an opportunity to talk to an attractive random guy out of fear. After a moment of thinking and not coming up with an answer to his question, I asked, So, like, what do I need to know? I didn't get to finish my homemade coconut latte he'd made me because the field trip he planned couldn't wait any longer. Before I knew it, I was standing with Kenneth inside of one of the last actual bookstores left in the city. It was reasonably sized, although it felt claustrophobic because of all the books everywhere. On the windowsills, on the tables, in rolling bins, literally everywhere. Including where they belonged on the shelves that lined the walls and floors. Now, despite being used as the holding spot for published plays and artistic memoirs, The windows let in decent light and made for perfect places to sit and sip the special Kenyan and Guatemalan roast that the place was actually known for. I felt tempted 
by the aroma of the coffee, especially considering I hadn't had my full daily dose that day. But Kenneth insisted on continuing his lesson. Now at this point, I was starting to feel like he was taking this session more seriously than I was. First thing you need to know is that it all starts with you, he said. What and how you think and feel about yourself is the energy we feel. And by we, I mean men. I began having flashbacks of all the encounters I've had with men I found attractive. And I thought about the physiological changes that I underwent just standing beside them or talking to them. And I just kept repeating that phrase in my head. It all starts with me. And I remembered being at a loss for words and being subjected to rambling because I couldn't complete a single thought. It all started with me. And I remembered actually literally running into a glass door one time like a damn cartoon character or something when I was trying to sneak a better look at a guy. I would never in my wildest dreams approach. It all started with me. And I remembered all the times I unconsciously tried to impress boys with my vast knowledge of guy things like The Walking Dead comic books or Tom Brady's completion percentage or Nas's discography and why I thought he was the greatest MC of all time. I thought about the uncontrollable sweating, the hot flashes, the heart palpitations, the utterly inexplicable distress I would feel, which triggered the lack of confidence, comfort, and control all the complete opposite feelings I was having when conducting, say, my business in music. It all started with me. Ah, don't worry, he said, breaking my concentration and bringing me mentally back to the bookstore with him. It's not an overnight thing. It's something you work on every single day, okay? I tried to agree, but... I was still too caught up in those previous thoughts, so I just smiled. Or at least I think I did. Next, you gotta get in tune with your sexuality, honestly. It's like, men, we're visual, okay? Hold up, hold up, I cut in, assuming there was a line that I needed to draw here. So you're saying I need to wear a revealing dress and high heels to a bookstore? That's what your sexuality is to you. High heels and a revealing dress. Do you even own high heels and a revealing dress? And he and I both knew that I didn't. (laughs) Didn't even have the answer to that verbally. The answer was obvious, but I went ahead and said, no. Anyway. No, that is nothing to do with your sexuality. Being in tune starts here and he pointed to my head. It's how you think of yourself. You're a woman. Key into that. That's innate power right there. Like I said, we're visual. (laughs) Do you know what the sexiest thing in the world is? Like seriously, the sexiest thing. And before I could start guessing, he said, the sexiest thing in the world is confidence, okay? You have to be confident, even if you don't feel confident. The only thing that matters is that you are comfortable with you. And right then, he looked over at a guy standing in the history section, almost as if he was expecting him to be there. 
You're gonna go talk to him. Wait, what? I looked over at the guy. Average height, average weight, nondescript shirt, well-groomed. And I was starting to believe my own theory that this guy was an actor, strategically placed here for this very situation. That being said, I still didn't feel comfortable with this, and Kenneth could read that. Look, in order to be comfortable talking to a guy you're interested in, you gotta start talking, period, to everybody, about any and everything. You have to practice. I want you to go over and browse the books for a few seconds. Then, turn to him, smile. Now, that part is very important. Smile and say, can you recommend anything? You got it? I repeated three times under my breath. Can you recommend anything? Can you recommend anything? Can you recommend anything? Look, it's, it's a guy thing. We like to give our opinion on stuff, okay? He was skimming the back of Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee when I came over and picked up the exact same book and started reading the back of it. I wasn't really reading the back of the book, and I think the guy noticed. Uh, so he glanced at me once after feeling my eye on him, and he gave a pleasant smile. And then, a few moments later, he glanced over from his book again, and again he caught eyes with me as I used the book as a prop. He looked back at the shelf as he placed the Wounded Knee book back in its place. Boy, <laughs> expansionism was a bitch, right? And that was it. I didn't have anything else. He gave me a slight smile, but it was more of an awkward confusion than it was a shared sentiment. He took that opportunity to nod at me as if he was already on his way out. And he walked off. I went back over to Kenneth with my proverbial tail between my legs. Really? Kenya? Like, seriously? What? What was that? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I didn't know what to say. What do you mean you didn't know what to, <laughs> I, I told you what to say. Well, see, I didn't know how to say it. Is the emphasis on you or on anything or... Kenneth inhaled extremely deeply and let it out very slowly, like he was meditating, and said, Recommend. Emphasis is on recommend. During our adventure that day, I found out that Kenneth was working on a new book to help women, such as myself, get comfortable meeting the men they wanted to meet as opposed to settling for the ones that approached them, as most of us do. So over the next week, he coached me. And since I agreed to be a featured subject, anonymously, of course, <laughs> my training was part of the exchange. I learned that once we tell ourselves something and we choose to believe it, boy, it is hard to change our minds about it. Now, in my head, I was the kind of cool, kind of funny, kind of smart, but kind of like a little sister to the hordes of male friends I had over my lifetime. 
That's what I felt when I was 14. And almost 14 years later, it was still how I felt. To try to be the kind of cute, kind of flirty, kind of girly, kind of somebody who has any kind of sexual effect on guys is just unme. But Kenneth said that being uncomfortable is the key to growth. So I committed to getting uncomfortable. That evening after we were finished for the day, Kenneth looked at me and dealt an exhausted smile as he said, when this finally takes, you are going to have me looking like a miracle worker. <laughs> he was right. And I thought to myself, clearly, this is going to take way more than just a week. Later that week, I met up with my boy Solomon in Georgetown for a movie. All right, I got the tickets, but we have about an hour to kill. Food? He asked. Eh, not really all that hungry. Plus, you know I got to save one for popcorn. Well, I need a burger or something because I'm starving. He began in the direction of the burger joint just a half block away having already made up in his mind where he wanted to get food. So, are you like a dating expert now? He teased, referring to my recent coaching with the dating guru. Will you be going out with like all these different guys like all the time now? <laughs> Am I going to have to make appointments to meet you for movies and stuff? <laughs> Please, I said brushing off this thought. Even if I was that good at it, I don't think I have it in me to be a player. I just don't. I mean, honestly, like, my memory ain't even that good. I'd be getting the guys, like, all mixed up and everything. <laughs> Solomon laughed. Nah, one at a time for me. That's, like, all I have time for anyway. I clarified. Hey, you remember that woman I told you about? The one who I met last month at, uh, like, a book signing thing or something? Yeah. The, um... Uh, she was like a, a teacher, right? Yes, the teacher. Yes, that is that's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, look, I know this sounds silly, but wouldn't you think a teacher would be like a nice, nurturing type of woman? <laughs> you know, like maybe looking for stability. I don't know. Maybe it's just no, man. I, I'm going to tell you, I know a few teachers. <laughs> man, teachers be freaks, okay? <laughs> well, yeah, this was got a crazy rotation. I know I'm like one of at least probably three guys she's seen. What? Wow. <laughs> I mean, we are just dating. He justified. I guess some people have different definitions of what that is. I mean, like to me, dating is getting to know one person you're interested in. I guess to her, it's spending time getting to know many persons you're interested in. And you're okay with that? I asked. No, but I look at my father and grandfather and I realize men have not changed at all. Women, though, 
are always changing. I mean, it's it's a new game out here. New rules. It's either adapt and play along or stay at home alone. We walked along and he watched his own footsteps for a moment before adding, Kenya, I am simply trying to adapt. The thing is, ugh, I hate playing games. I wondered if Solomon was right. Are we all part of a new game for which we have to learn the new rules? Or are we just making up rules as we go along? episode of of music and men was written and produced by me kayana now some of the music in this episode was provided by filmstro but we also had music from some of the most incredible indie artists in the world we started off with day fox from lioness and then we had dale that was the drum step beat by la gang and then we had the blackest bouquet by Lionel Cassio. Then we finished off with Midnight Stroll by Ghost Rifter. Now the music for the word of the episode is produced by Scott Buckley. It's a track called Soar, and that's by Scott Buckley. Now, for more information on these artists and how you can support all their efforts, easy. Visit the show notes in your podcast app or go to ofmusicandmen.com and select this episode. Now, you would like to have your music featured on the show, please check out our website at ofmusicandmen.com for more information on how you can submit. Now, Of Music and Men is, of course, more than just a podcast, so much more than that. The novella series is available in online bookstores, and if you wish to have yourself a physical copy, you can get it on our website at ofmusicandmen.com, where you can also get t-shirts and other kinds of cool merch. Probably just t-shirts, but it's other stuff on there too. (laughs) Now, don't forget to subscribe at Apple, Stitcher, or wherever it is you're listening to your podcast these days. And remember to rate and review. That really helps things out an awful lot. I'd love to hear what you're thinking too. Lastly, connect with us on Patreon, where you can become a part of this great journey and this great project and everything that it was and help it to grow into everything that it was meant to be. Now, make sure to share this some way, somehow, with at least one of your friends. And follow Of Music and Men everywhere online at Of Music and Men. And when you do, don't hesitate to reach out. Artists and entrepreneurs are a very unique type. I mean, we face lots of rejection, almost too often for comfort. So, whether you're a seasoned business owner or creator, aspiring to be one, or you're simply just here to hear a great story, I want to always give you something to ponder until next time. Today's word is from Derek Jeter, the Hall of Fame New York Yankee. 
There may be people who have more talent than you do, but there's no excuse for anyone to work harder than you. Now, it's funny because I just was having a conversation today uh, with a good friend of mine, and she asked me, what, you know, what is it that I want? You know, we were, of course, talking about our career. She's an actress. And um, I went on to tell her that I'm open right now. And that's a new perspective that I have, because if she had asked me this last year, this time, I probably would have laid out such specific things that I want and places that I want to be with just so much specificity. And honestly, I still do have those specific goals in mind. But when it comes to someone asking me, what do I want? Um, I just want to work hard. Like, and that's what I've been doing with this project and every other project. I just want to do my part. And I feel like doing your part and you can't rely on the results. You can't predict the results. You can only control what you can control. And what I can control, as Derek Jeter says, I can't control if someone else has more talent, has more money, is better looking, is in a better place physically or mentally or emotionally, uh, <laughs> especially financially, than I'm in. But what I can control is me. I can control how, how hard I work. And that's really what I've been focused on this year is the work, not so much of the other stuff around me. So yeah, so I think that that's something that we can definitely apply. And of course, he probably was this quote. I don't even know where this quote uh, came from as far as where he was speaking when he said it. But being one of the greatest baseball players of all time, I mean, this this guy's an ultimate professional. I love Derek Jeter. And so to see the work that he put in, it was such a great inspiration to me when he was playing. And then now that he's not playing, it's still just a great inspiration to me. And so when I look at those words, I look at what can I do when I wake up to do my podcast or write a TV pilot or something that I'm making up or, or a movie, I can control how hard I work, and that's pretty much all I can do. So I'm not telling you not to make goals and, and have a specific vision if that's what works for you. But nowadays, I'm being more open and just focusing on the work. <laughs>